Welcome back to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. We're turning dreamers into doers. If you're ready to open your heart and take inspired action on your dreams, you are in the perfect place with wonderful people. Here's your host, dreamer, educator, and adventurer, Abigail Gazda. Welcome to the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we are turning dreamers into doers. You guys, I am very excited to introduce to you Dr. Brian King. He has a degree in psychology and got that before becoming a world touring. Is it comic or comedian? When I read it, I was like, I don't know if that's... <laughs> you know, uh, people have their own preferred uh, uh, you know, definition or identity, I guess, you know, yeah. I don't want to get into invoking any sort of identity uh, issues, uh, especially in the 2023 era. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's however comedians identify. Uh, cool. I, I, I like either term comic or comedian, you know, comedian cool. sounds professional. Comic just sounds like I'm a guy who's going to like sling jokes for, for uh, tips, you know, but, uh, <laughs> but often that's what comedians do. You know? Yeah. So, so either yeah. way. Okay, good. Well, then we're going to call you a comic. <laughs> I'm a comic, comic, comedian. I just don't like, you know how sometimes they say like, funny man, so-and-so, you know? Yeah. Like, no, that's terrible. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we're all funny, you know? Like, don't, yeah. don't uh, even people that don't tell jokes for a living are funny. Probably even funnier, you know? <laughs> funny man, so-and-so, you know? Funny, no, I hate that, you know? Yeah. Comic, comedian, you know, it's all good. Cool. Okay, good. Because I read comic and I didn't know if that was, uh, if it's like a diff, there's a difference. So thank you for that. And then also you guys, he is the host of humor therapy session seminars. That's where I met him 10 years ago. So I'm going to give you a little bit of background there, but he hosts humor therapy sessions attended by more than 10,000 people each year. In this brilliant guide, he presents hands-on techniques for managing stress by rewiring our brains to approach potentially difficult situations through a lens of positivity. I really love your spin on stuff. And to do so, Dr. King explores what stress is, where it comes from, and what it does to our bodies and brains. He delves deep into how to address everyday stress as well as anxiety, insecurities, repression, and negativity, and gives insight into resulting ailments such as anxiety disorders, depression, hypertension, obesity, substance abuse disorders, and more. Dr. King's techniques are chemical and cost-free and embrace humor, resilience, relaxation, optimism, gratitude, and acceptance. Instead of a dry medical approach to dealing with stress, this unique volume is filled with life-changing tips and instructions presented with humor and a wealth of memorable, smile-inducing anecdotes. Dr. King, that's exactly how I remember you. And so- you know, it's funny is that that's, that, that's, not, that's not so much my bio as it's like the description of my books or yeah. <laughs> one of my books, but it's pretty, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty fair. You know, I think that's, that's pretty fair. And yeah, that is how we met. Uh, yeah. We met in the early days of, of this adventure that I started. Uh, but I, uh, I always say that I've been doing it Oh man, I've been traveling and, and doing public speaking now for a little over 12 years or so. And you met me about maybe one or two years into that uh, into that new journey, which I'm still doing. So yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, and a little bit of background. I I don't remember. All I remember was a like I saw a flyer, and it was about mm -hmm. happiness. I was a health and wellness teacher, uh, high school, middle high school, and I wanted to use it for a personal development 
credit that I needed. And, and I was so grateful to find something that didn't seem stuffy. You know what I mean? The, the description <laughs> yeah. of it, the presentation. And so yeah. it was so, I had not, even though I had all my pedagogy training, I never really had a lot of psychology background in that. And so I was very grateful for the way that you presented what you presented. And I'd love to talk about that with our audience today because you've written multiple books. You've been on this journey. Um, I'd actually love to start with life on the road for a minute. Tell me about that because a lot of people follow my van life journey, but Mm -hmm. you've been doing this a lot longer in many different capacities. Yeah. uh, So I've, I've been living on the road uh, for over, I guess over 12 years or so. I mean, I, I started living on the road when I started touring uh, what I do. But, um, you know, th- there was a time when uh, when I used to have a, I had a residence. <laughs> I lived in California and, uh, and that's when I became a comedian. I started be, uh, doing stand-up comedy in San Francisco uh, and uh, I did fairly well. I mean, I came up through the ranks. I did fairly well. I started to get some attention. I started to get booked on different road gigs here and there. And then I started submitting myself to different road gigs here and there. Every time I would do a road gig, you know, I would have to go out to wherever I was. I was going. You know, it, it started pretty, pretty close, like Sacramento, Reno, you know, places like that, and down to L.A. Uh, but then I started going to like Oklahoma, you know, and uh, you know, St. Louis and stuff like that. And so it was kind of draining, uh, you know, to, to to fly in and out of San Francisco all the time. And then I had this opportunity to do uh, some public speaking gigs that were uh, at the time not really related to uh, comedy or what I do for a living now, but it was an opportunity to travel and do seminars using uh, you know, my degree in psychology. And, uh, and as an added bonus, uh, they wanted me to be funny because these seminars uh, can be really boring. You know? And so uh, they thought maybe I can, uh, I can make it entertaining for people by adding the, the, the comedic part, you know? Uh, and they wanted to send me out on the road, a uh, different city every day of the week doing seminars uh, on subjects in psychology, which is where my background is. And uh, these seminars were initially not really related to my research or what I do now, but uh, they were just sort of, you know, psychology subjects. You know, they say, hey, you can teach. And as a professor, uh, you know, I'm sure you've, you've, uh, your students have appreciated that you were humorous. And so I said, well, yeah. And so they wanted me to use humor or incorporate humor uh, into my talks. Uh, they'd be more successful that way. And they were. And in fact, and as I started touring, I realized that uh, I could do this uh, and work it around the comedy gigs I was doing. And, uh, and so I, if I kept myself busy on the road, I'd never have to go back home. I'd never have to fly back home. And so I did just that, actually. I started doing seminars. I forget which year, but I did, I did them for about maybe six months or so. And then at the end of that six months, when they were looking at uh, giving me a contract for the next year, my apartment lease was also up in San Francisco. And, you know, San Francisco is an expensive place to rent an apartment that you're never in. Uh, Don't you know? I know. <laughs> and this is, uh, this is before Airbnb was an option. You know, not that it would have been easy to rent my place on Airbnb. But I was like, you know, I don't need this apartment. You know, if I'm, when I'm out on the road, uh, I do these gigs. They put me up in nice hotels. When I do comedy shows, they put me up in hotels. You know, and on the on the rare occasions that I'm not, uh, you know, working or staying in a hotel, I've got friends all over the country that I can crash with here and there or stuff like that. And so, I embarked on uh, my first year of living without a residence. 
Uh, and I think that was uh, that was 2012. That was probably the year that you and I met. Actually, uh, I was uh, I was all over the place. I mean, I did I did several hundred seminars. I did lots of comedy shows. I there was two months in which I wasn't working over the summer, and during those two months, I just rented like a, an Airbnb, a little bit of vacation home down in New Orleans, hung out for a little while, and you know wrote and performed comedy and Bourbon Street and did all sorts of things and then I went back on the road and it was fantastic you know living without a residence works when you have you know that uh, objective or that thing that, that that thing that keeps you going you know uh, it's not so I, I wouldn't suggest it if I was working at like McDonald's you know like I bounce from McDonald's to McDonald's every uh, uh, every place but it was it was great and and you're doing something that I never did. I always wanted to, but I never had the reason to uh, because of the hotels that they would book me all the time for my gigs. I would, I would never, I never had the reason to get like an RV uh, or a, you know, or a, a livable van. I always wanted to, you know, I still want to, but. Uh, as I would travel, I would just stay in these rooms and I had, you know, uh, free accommodations uh, for almost every gig. And and uh, that allowed me a whole lot of freedom. Uh, I really did. And I, I just had a great time. And and then I um, I made the mistake of uh, settling down for a little bit. <laughs> I, uh, I had a, a friend of mine from San Francisco, another comedian who really wanted to move to Los Angeles. And uh, I don't, he, he wasn't quite ready to do it by himself, you know. And so he's like, "Hey, do you want to go to LA with me?" And I'm like, "But I'm living on the road. I mean, I'm having a, I'm having a good time." He's like, "Oh, come on, it'll be great. We'll go to LA. We'll get famous, you know." And so I, I said, "You know, I always did try my, uh, you know, my hand in LA." And uh, and I did. We settled down in West Hollywood for about two years, you know. And we were we were pretty good roommates. And I loved being in LA, but I kept touring. You know, the thing is, is that my, I kept touring. So I was actually uh, in L.A., you know, maybe four or five months out of the whole year. And it just didn't make you know, feasible sense. Uh, my, I got an agent. Uh, I got all these other, you know, uh, opportunities. And my agent would call me and say, hey, you're available for this audition. There's this TV show. And meanwhile, I'm in the middle of, like, Idaho uh, driving around because I'm doing gigs, you know. Um, so I realized that my heart really wasn't in L.A. And, uh, and a couple of years later, I decided to get back in the road. And I was on the road for about seven years until the beginning of the pandemic. But I never did it like you do. No, I, and I envy that. I always wanted, I always wanted a vehicle that I could just yeah. sleep in comfortably. You know? Yeah, I, I appreciate that. Um, thank you for that. I, I spent about two years down to like a suitcase and a backpack and I, I did love it and for different reasons, but as eventually I needed some, some consistency, some stability. And so it became that perfect medium yeah. because life, life on the road definitely calls to me too. What would you say is your favorite part about being out there? Uh, you know, uh, when you're out, out there and really out there, uh, you are open to experiences and mm. uh, you stumble on things that you might not otherwise appreciate. You know, when you when you're at home and you're you know, in your life, you get stuck into a routine and, uh, you know, maybe you have a regular restaurant that you go to once in a while, a regular bar, regular group of friends, you know, regular activities, you know. There's stuff around the house that you that, that occupy your time. You know, it's like, oh well, I would go do this thing that I heard about, but you know, I have to do laundry today or you know whatever. And so there's all kind of you know, that that, that bathroom isn't going to clean itself. You know, I mean, like there's all kinds of things that keep you grounded. Yeah. Uh, uh, when you are when you live somewhere on a regular basis, but when you're on the road, you're in what I consider uh, vacation mindset. 
all the time, you know, and that mindset, I'm not saying that you're always on vacation, but when you are on vacation, you have uh, this mindset where you're open to experience, you know, you're just exploring, you know, mm -hmm. you want your something, you stumble onto something and say, Oh, what about this? You want to try? Yeah, I'll sure. I'll check that out. Or yeah, I'll check that out. You know, just randomly, uh, you know, I, I've gone to so many things uh, just because I would randomly encounter it. You know, I just, I drive into some town and, and uh, made, I have no idea what to expect. And suddenly there's like this festival going on, you know, and, yeah. and so I decided to hang out at the festival or, or actually to, to give you a really specific example from very recently, you and I, <laughs> we met up uh, randomly uh, in South Dakota. We were uh, both traveling, you know, both doing what we do. And we randomly bumped into each other in Wall, South Dakota. And, uh, you know, it was a it was a quick and chance meeting. We had no idea each, each of us were going to be there, of course. But almost immediately after that, which was random and wonderful on its own. But almost immediately after that, I ended up leaving town and I was driving because I was driving from uh, South Dakota to Bismarck, North Dakota. And on my way, I, I passed like this high school rodeo championships. <laughs> and, uh, and so I just like, oh, there's a rodeo? Really? Like, how cool is that? I don't get to see a rodeo every day. So I pulled over and, uh, you know, I ended up uh, attending the high school uh, rodeo championships. I saw a bunch of bucking bronco competitions and, uh, you know, I met some uh, some rodeo you know, performers and some, uh, you know, some of the people that were in the competition, you know, and that's the kind of stuff that can happen mm. when you live somewhere, you know, but you're not as open to it because you're not uh, in that mindset. You know, you're, you know, you're not in that mindset of like, let me see what I encounter, see what happens. You know, let me yeah. do that. You're, you're more in a familiarity mindset. And that's what I really don't like about being at home. Yeah. What would you say is your hardest or most challenging or least favorite part about being on the road? Uh, being away from people I love. That is the the, the most challenging part. You know, when I was a comedian uh, in the beginning, other comedians would often complain uh, and they'd say things like, yeah, you know, you, you go on tour, you can't have a family, you know, you can't maintain a relationship, you know, it's very difficult. You know, once you get into comedy, you're going to break up or you're going to, you're going to lose things like that, you know, and, and, and I see that happening. And, uh, and I, and I, you know, I had a difficult time. I was in a relationship when I first started and it didn't last as I started to tour because my partner wouldn't go with me. You know, my yeah. partner was, uh, didn't want that kind of life, you know, uh, eventually I did find a partner that, uh, that does like to travel. Uh, mm -hmm. And so she and I started to travel together and that uh, made the, the situation the best possible uh, version of that situation it could be. You know, mm -hmm. I didn't have to be separated from the people I love because the people I love were traveling with me. You know? yeah. And then uh, my uh, my girlfriend, uh, my wife now, but my girlfriend at the time, uh, you know, we uh, she got pregnant and uh, people immediately thought, well, well, now that you're having a kid, you're going to settle down somewhere. And we, we both looked at each other and we're like, there's no reason to settle down. You know, now without the three of us are going to just travel all around. And we did mm -hmm. that, like I said, up until the pandemic. Uh, I think the, uh, the worst thing about being on the road is being separated from the people I love. And so uh, if I can't, I, I, I was lucky that I was able to bring them with me for so long. Uh, I recently toured and uh, when I met up with you in South Dakota, you know, I was touring by myself and, mm -hmm. and that was the worst part. Like every day I was like, ah, I miss my kid. Like I wanted my kid to see South Dakota. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I wanted my kid to watch those bucking Broncos at the, at the rodeo, you know, but 
thankfully I can share stuff like that via the internet and, yeah. and uh, with streaming and video and pictures and that kind of stuff. But it's just not quite the same as being, oh, look at that, look at that guy on that, on that horse, you know? Uh, so yeah. that's the worst thing. Yeah, I understand. And, and as we, before we hit record, we're kind of talking about seasons, right? So like seasons of when, when the family can come with and when it doesn't work and all that. Um, so, and, and how do you handle all of this? Like you're a comic, a comedian, and how do you integrate this into your life? The, the fun, the funny, the hard, the challenging, how do you find the balance? Well, I kind of I try to live life uh, true to what I teach. So I'm a comedian. I'm also a psychologist. And and you read uh, my bio from my books. Uh, there is a um, I've written a couple of books about managing stress, about being happy, about uh, uh, overcoming anxiety, subjects like that, you know, and uh, and the method of uh, of overcoming those things and the method of, of managing stress and the method of you know of all those various things and and as you read from the you know from my bio it's like the, the my method is sort of a you know a, it doesn't cost anything as you know and all that I forget the actual you know my publisher wrote that so I don't have to <laughs> memorize but the um, uh, the method is basically uh, to live in a way where we are actively seeking joyful experiences and appreciating them and and being as physically active and as mentally active as we can and 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 to to whatever extent uh that's how i live i just do it on the road you don't have to be on the road all the time to live that way you know you just have to live life well and you have to do things that uh entertain you now and you have to uh take time to appreciate and uh you know experiences and you know, if all we do day after day after day is go to work and come home and sit on the couch and veg, uh, you know, we're, eventually we're going to get angry at whoever it is that we're hanging out with or we're going to get upset or we're going to, if we're by ourselves, we're going to have thoughts pop into our head and just sit there and ruminate, you know, over and over. Uh, that's not a healthy situation. That leads to lots of uncomfortable outcomes. And, uh, of course, that's, uh, you know, uh, an example of what we call stress which is something I talk about managing, you know, the key is to stay active. And, and, you know, maybe there's not a rodeo downtown for me to go to, you know, maybe there's kind of a boring day. Maybe I live in a boring city. Uh, well, that doesn't mean I have to sit around and just watch TV. You know, I can, I can read, I can write, I can sculpt, I can write music. I can, uh, I, I can do whatever it is, or I can work on my body be physically active and help and, and, you know, and, and get some, uh, uh, get some exercise, you know, anything literally anything physically or mentally to keep us engaged is going to help us prevent uh developing those kinds of discomfort uh, those those kinds of issues that i often talk about yeah i love that um i mean it's the law of physics a body in motion stays yeah. in motion and stagnant stagnant uh, sedentary sure. and, like, and, and, and you know my my preferred method of staying in motion as as probably i assume yours is is to, is to travel, is to literally experience that emotion from just getting on the road, going to place to place, you know? Yeah. But I also uh, enjoy the a little bit of being able to stay put for a while because uh, when I, I don't just sit at home and, and watch Netflix all day long, you know, binge watch some show, uh, I barely do that. You know, I, I go out every day, I walk around my neighborhood, I go downtown and see what's up. If there's some kind of activity, you know, I, I, I don't necessarily even seek out activities that I already have an established relationship with either. Like, uh, for, I, I'll give you a good, good example. I know people, when they travel, 
they go to wherever they're going and then they immediately want to do all the things that they do back home. You know, like mm. back home, I really like going to nightclubs. So I want to go to this city and go to all the nightclubs. You know what I mean? That's yeah. kind of the mentality, right? Well, uh, I, I try to avoid that. I, I try to I try to look for things that I that I also have a pre-existing uh, appreciation for. Yeah. But then I also say, like, well, what else might I consider? You know, oh, this is happening. I've never done that before. And since I don't have anything else on my agenda, let me try that out. Let me try this out. Or this is a free event or that's a, uh, you know, something that I can take my kid to whatever. And so just being open to experience, you know, yeah. and, and you know, wherever you live, you can stay busy. But yeah. my I like to travel. That's, you know, and I don't regret not being on the road right now, but uh, I just got off the road yesterday. So maybe I'm just still in like decompression mode. (laughs) (laughs) I hear you. But I like to travel. (laughs) I love it. And you were speaking to something that I think is important for our listeners. You were mentioning um, doing the same things in different cities and that your tendency is actually to sort of fling yourself into the unfamiliar. And that's not something that everybody is excited or interested in doing because it can cause stress and anxiety. A lot of people like familiar because it's predictable. It feels safe for them. It feels secure, stable. Uh, What would you say to someone who might have like struggles with anxiety about trying new things or putting themselves out there? Well, I would first explain it because the reason why you may struggle with anxiety the reason why you may have difficulties with stress is because your brain is not well adapted to handling new situations and new encounters. And so uh, one way to adapt your brain to be able to do that is to literally force yourself to be exposed to new things. You know, mm-hmm. the uh, part of the anxiety that someone might feel about doing something new is based on the fact that they always do the same thing. Uh, mm-hmm. And so they have to really you know, try to reach out. And then I also like to point out to people that uh, the things that you do love, the things that you do appreciate on a regular basis, uh, we're all unfamiliar at some point in life. We all, all, none of us were born with the knowledge on how to swing dance or none of it, you know, we're we're not born with uh, uh, the knowledge on, you know, on on how to appreciate, you know, uh, rap music or whatever, you know, like uh, we learned, Uh, we learned about those things. We learned about those things through exposure. Uh, And so, when we stop exposing ourselves to new things, uh, we stop learning. And when we become, when we, when, when all we utilize is the uh, uh, the, the past developed, uh, you know, experiences that we have, uh, yeah, we're going to enter into a mindset where we're less open, less willing, less adaptive, and more fearful of the unknown, and more fearful of things that you know might challenge us or might make us uncomfortable. Uh, and there's only one way to to counter that, and that is to actually just do it, get out and do it, do it a little bit. I love that a little bit of exposure therapy. Um, it really is, yeah. What sort of things have you had to give up in order to have the lifestyle that you have today? Well, uh, I, I don't own much. Uh, <laughs> I don't have a lot of possessions. Uh, that's I, I've, I've I've given up. Yeah, I don't really know uh, to be honest. I I would say a, a, a stable career in a corporation that where I might have been promoted uh, repeatedly, you know. But I don't think that would have been me. I think I probably would have been fired and fired and you know. Uh, I mean, I, it, it's hard to imagine. Um, there are things that I have lost out on. Like I said, I, I, my agent would call me for an audition and I couldn't make it, you know, I mean, that, and that happened a lot. I had a, a, a TV show that was pitched uh, to me, like specifically to me. They, 
they wanted a psychologist who was funny. They uh, they heard about me and my travels. They thought I would be a good you know person for this particular idea that they had to say, hey, can, you know, and and it just didn't work out because I was on the road all the time. Uh, but I, I, I don't missed opportunities are a little bit different than, uh, you know, than, than things that I've had to do without, you know, I haven't really had to do without a whole lot. I've, I've lived a, a really good life on the road and, and I've been, like I said, I've been able to find a successful relationship with this, which is probably the majority of the people who live on the road. That's their number one complaint, you know, yeah. is trying to find love and happiness. And I don't define happiness by being in love. But uh, it does contribute. <laughs> Certainly. I will tell you, though, that one thing that uh, I occasionally miss uh, is stability. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, I, and, and, and I don't mean stability in terms of, like, where I live and what's going on. But I haven't had a regular paycheck. Yes. Uh, for, uh, a, even longer than I've been traveling. I mean, for about 15 years, I've been self-employed. And, and as a self-employed person, uh, it's, it is sometimes uh, a little uneasy when the calendar is kind of empty and you're looking at you're looking ahead going, all right, you know, I better start filling this calendar. You know, I better start getting some stuff in there. Uh, being self-employed has its own challenges, you know, uh, being employed by another, by someone else, by some company where I, I know that I can depend on getting money put in my bank account every two weeks. It's, it has, it's a little it's a little bit different level of security, you know, and uh, and I know there's all these digital nomads out there uh, working in tech and things like that out of vans, kind of like you're, you know, you're sitting in and and, um, you know, they 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 have regular jobs, you know, they're they're clocking in on, on their in their tech company, uh, yeah. but they're just doing it from a van. And it's a little bit different of a life, you know, I mean, uh, for me, it's like, you know, I travel gig to gig, place to place, you know, do this, do that. Uh, if I can't have a seminar, then I, maybe they got a comedy show. And if I can't have a comedy show, maybe I got a book signing. Maybe I got all three, you know, at the same time, you know. Uh, but yeah, the, uh, the sometimes, especially when the bookings are low, I'm just like, ah, why don't I get a job? And then I remind myself, oh yeah, jobs are terrible. The pinnacle of that level of of that type of stress was the pandemic, you know. Because everything I do for a living uh, involves being in front of other people. Mm -hmm. And when the pandemic happened, all of that was canceled. And as I shared with you, my gigs provide me with my hotel rooms. Uh, And that's what I use as a residence for most of my year. And so uh, when those gigs were canceled, so were my potential residencies, you know, potential. And so not only was I out in income for a couple of years, but I had to figure out what I was going to do, where I was going to live. I didn't have a nice, comfortable van to relax in. <laughs> yeah. You know, so that's the downside of not doing the van life. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. And I must have telepathically asked the question because I wanted to hear more about being self-employed, being an entrepreneur, and mm-hmm. what you might share with the audience because it's it's another version of flinging yourself into the unfamiliar. It's you know this is the so I believe I would you know talk about the self-employed lifestyle as as a lifestyle of surrender. You know, you you don't always know and you're the one to usually cause it and create it. 
Yes, there's collaborations or like you, you mentioned in about your, some of your tours that you're on contract and, and that's wonderful. And you're still the one causing it and connecting it and creating it and either agreeing or passing on certain opportunities. What would you say to someone who dreams of this? And yet is, cause I agree. Ooh, I could not agree more about the, man, it would be so delicious to have two week paychecks. Like I would, I could do so much with that. Um, and yet. And yet I, I, the, the sacrifice of that is the autonomy, the freedom, the movement, the flow. And so, um, yeah. What would you say to our listening audience about that? So I, I I will tell you, I would tell everybody that uh, it's life is not going to work out for everybody. Like it worked out for me, you know, and then same for you. You know, it's not going to, we sort of carved our own ways. uh, And I I got to this point because of various steps that I made throughout my life. And and I didn't take those steps with this in mind either. You know, it just kind of helped me get to a point where this looked like a viable option, you know, and same, maybe the same thing is true for you. But in the past, I did take lots of uh, temporary jobs for the purpose of travel. Like I, uh, I, I specifically sought out uh, jobs in uh, the tourist industry, for example. I worked as a tour guide uh, for a couple of summers based in California. And I always recommend people that if they're not ready to go full self-employed, but they do want to get out a little bit, there's plenty of options. You know, there's seasonal work. You know, it's like, why do you have to stay in the same town, you know, 12 months out of the year? You know, uh, you know, end your lease at the end, at the beginning of summer and then go work at a theme park or go work at, uh, you know, do at a summer camp or go work something. The pay is not great, but then they put you up for, you know, you don't have to pay for room and board. You get some really interesting experiences, you know, and it's especially good advice for, so for people to do when they're young, you know, at my age now, I'm in my fifties and I could not see my myself working at like a theme park you know <laughs> i'm not going to go to six flags and, uh, and 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 run rides but uh, but those are options you know there's lots of options and there are other options available to a guy like me you know i could still be a tour guide if i want to uh maybe i could drive a truck temporary you know for a little while you know maybe yeah. i could do this or that there's plenty of opportunities to uh get experiences without actually having to give up the um the the, the predictability of a paycheck and if you yeah. can if you can modify your expectations for quality of life, you know, yeah. and that's the thing. It's like, you know, I don't have to live in a three in a three bedroom house. I can live in a cabin in the woods at a summer camp for, you know, for several months, you know, or something like that. You know, uh, I did uh, probably my one of my favorite jobs that I've ever had. And, and again, a regular paycheck, you know, this is back in the day. But uh, one of my favorite jobs I ever had was based in California, where I, I was a tour guide and I would drive a bus full of European tourists all over national parks in uh uh, California, Nevada, Utah, and uh, that, was, that was just awesome. It was just awesome. Every week, another adventure. Every week, another group of people. But when mm-hmm. I wasn't working, I was living in a tent. <laughs> you yeah. know, I, we had a campground, uh, and uh, you know, and I was living in a tent, and and uh, among other uh, you know trek you know, uh, tour leaders who were not currently on the road, we're all camping in the same spot, and I, I loved that. You know, it was yeah. just such a great uh, experience, and you know, that's not an experience for everybody, but there's all kinds of stuff. You know. Yeah. Whatever you want to do, I really do believe that there are very few barriers uh, to uh, to being able to have the kind of experiences that we want in the modern world. You know, it's just a matter of figuring it out. You know, yeah. I didn't I didn't have the money to travel. You know, so yeah. I figured out I figured out a way to get paid to travel. There's all sorts of opportunities if that if that's what somebody wants to do. 
I love the way you answered that question because it's not about the paycheck part of it or being an entrepreneur. It's just an unconventional mode of yeah. like, right. Cause it's not the nine to five. It's not the same place every day or yeah. whatever, same expectation, same time stamp. Um, and that like one of my favorite gigs when I was getting started to supplement my income was a photography, a travel photography gig. And mm-hmm. I was, uh, we would shoot dance studio picture days. And so like, it was so entertaining because these little girls in their tutus and they, you know, all the dance. And then I'd be, I, you know, I, same thing about rent too. Cause I, there's times where I went like, have no, re- like right now, no residency, mm-hmm. it's the van. And so there's been plenty of times where it's like, it's not worth paying for an apartment that you're at five to 10 days yeah. a month. And so, um, one summer, uh, or the, during the photography season, you know, I'm on the road 20 days of the month or flying around. And so there's definitely ways to get, it. I love the tour guide option, the camp counselor, all those things. Like, and I think for me, when you were sharing that, there's something about youthfulness in that, like you said, I'm not, I'm 50, I'm not going to work at a amusement park, but, but there are so many options for people to mix it up. And like, I really think it also creates this natural, like coming of age experience where it's like, wow, life isn't about the same thing every day, every week, every month, every year. And, um, I just, I love the variety for me. The variety is what keeps me excited about life. I think, uh, as I was talking to you, one of the things that I've had in my head that I may I may do at some point is uh, try to work for uh, like national parks or yeah. work for uh, you know or work for you know like some state park or something where I'm out in the wilderness. Now I haven't done anything that like that yet because I'm a comedian, and as a comedian, I kind of need to be in a city where I can perform, and uh, you know if I'm going to settle down somewhere. Yeah. But in the in the future, maybe I decide, you know what, I just want to go to I just want to go live in Alaska uh, and and like in in Denali and and help you know guide tourists through the area. Yeah. I think I could do that. I'm working on my beard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You have to have a beard in Alaska. It's required. I think so. I do think that's a pre-qualifier. <laughs> but it's, awesome. not, it's not even. It's not even about the travel, though. It's uh, with, a, with. It's about the uh, the freedom. Uh, I love that I don't have to miss most things. That, yes. uh, that you know, my, I have a I have a six year old daughter now, and uh, I have been with my daughter almost every day of her life, uh, with the exception of this recent year. Uh, and you know, it, most guys that I know who have children, uh, they don't get to see their kids uh, throughout the day. They go to they they take the kid to a school, they go to work, uh, and then they're separated from their kids for a long period of time. Uh, or, or they, uh, you know, if they're preschool age, you know, they, they put the kids in daycare and they go to work or, you know, maybe their partner takes care of their kid and they go to work. You know, the point is, is that they go to work. You know, I have been bringing my child with me uh, as I as I work for the majority of her life. And uh, and as as a result of that, I have not had to be uh, absent from her development been there the entire time and uh, and she has uh, experienced things that no other six-year-old would have experienced you know i mean by the uh, she likes to tell people by the by her first birthday she had been to all 50 states uh, you know, and this is a this, that, that she's been to like 13 different countries uh, she's been all over the place the main reason i'm here where i am now i'm in texas i've settled here uh, i settled here during the pandemic but then I decided to stay because uh, I decided to uh, give her an opportunity to try out public school. And so she's now that's that's the main reason why uh, this past year I was on tour without my family. Yeah. But um, uh, yeah, it's uh, I, I've been really lucky. Uh, and, and those are, you know, uh, 
I, I hear people all the time. It's like, yeah, there's this and th- this thing coming up, or my daughter's this, or my kid's this, or whatever. But I can't do it because I got to go to work. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, I have the flexibility of being able to reschedule my work around that. Uh, yeah. You know? So. I was on the road when I met you last, but then I left and I came home just in time for her graduation from kindergarten. You know, yeah. I, I had that time uh, planned in uh, so that I could go and uh, and be there. You know, and I was one of the you know there was a lot of parents there, but most of them are like stay-at-home parents. You know, and yep. so the uh, the partner that's out uh, making the living in their family was you know was unfortunately not able to do that. And so. Yeah. I could plan that in. I could plan yeah. that in my life. Stuff like yeah. that. That was a big that was a big part for me too. Is like I want to be able to say yes to what I want to be able to say yes to and work life and business around yeah. it. And it's worked wonderfully and it is challenging. It has its own, you know, challenges of ultra mega responsibility, but also it's totally workable if that's what you're willing to do. And so I I agree and I love it. And um I think this has been a very encouraging episode for people who have that itch and haven't seen a way. Um, I think this has been a cool opportunity to like shine new light. So I want to thank you for that. Well, no problem. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This has been wonderful. Uh, it was such a pleasant surprise to walk right into you at Wall Drug, and you guys. He was he he was filming a vlog, and I'm like, like I you know you see other people filming. I do it too in public, but I I we we he turned right at me, and I'm like. I came up, I'm like, are you Dr. Brian King? And so it was really great to just reconnect. And we filmed a podcast in the van out on the road. Coincidentally, and I, and this is just because it's timely. Uh, I, I, I have all my video projects like in, you know, in, in like an order, you know, I just finished uh, editing the one before you. So uh, I'm actually, after we finish this recording, this podcast, then I'm going to start working on actually editing the one that you and I recorded last month. So Perfect. that's you know, coming out in, in the same time frame, I guess. You yeah. know? That's awesome. I love it. Well, and what's the name? Where can people tune into what you're producing? So I produce a podcast called On the Road with Dr. Brian King. It's on Spotify uh, and uh, everything else, you know, but uh, you're going to, and that's where my podcast is. Uh, My YouTube channel is Dr. Brian King, and that's where the video will go, and that's where all my other uh, video content goes. I do a lot of different types of video content. uh, I I do family videos. I post comedy videos. I post uh, uh, videos with my, my, my wife, who's a tango dancer. She's also a model, and I'm also a and so we do collaborations, you know, uh, for that kind of stuff. Um, there's all kinds of things. Dr. Brian King is full of, uh, of content and, uh, and, uh, what else? And also of course, uh, uh, my books, uh, my books are probably the, the biggest thing that I'm plugging nowadays, which I'm surprised we didn't even talk about it because that's all I talk about now. <laughs> <laughs> I have, uh, I have, th- I have three books out uh, on the national level. And uh, the, the most recent one actually came out last month in May called Of Bears and Weight Loss. And it is a book about losing weight and the difficulties associated with losing weight, but also about living a full life and travel and things like that. And, uh, and it's, a, it's a direct follow-up to my uh, book that came out before that called uh, The Art of Taking It Easy, mm. which is my book about managing stress managing stress through humor and through other things that we've discussed, you know, and then the book that came out before those that started the whole trajectory of book writing in my career was uh, The Laughing Cure. 
And uh, the, the Art of Taking It Easy and The Laughing Cure are both bestsellers. Uh, they've done really well. Uh, not enough for me to retire on, but, uh, <laughs> but they've done really well. And Of Bears and Weight Loss is so new that I'm not quite sure. You know, I, I don't know what to expect from it, but yeah. I love it. It's a great book. So far, the feedback has been pretty good. And, and uh, check them out on Amazon or anywhere books are sold. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Um, I'm sure I love, I love the laughing cure. I think you, what year did you write that? Well, that was 2015. Okay. So yeah, I, cause I mean, I had been, I've been following you on social media since the day I saw you in person. And I think that's how I was able to recognize you is just because you're in my newsfeed. You know, I, I've watched your journey. I've watched you become, get into your relationship and become a dad. And like, it's been really, it's really wonderful to come full circle in such a way. So this yeah. is really fun and I'm glad to be here with you. Yeah, I hope we can run into each other again on the road. I I have no doubt that we will. Uh, Maybe we'll be performing together someday. (laughs) Wonderful. Well, thank you for thank you for being here, sharing your unleashed heart with us. And hearts, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you got exactly what you needed from today's conversation. I hope you're feeling really inspired about alternative lifestyle and unconventional careers and living and life on the road and whatever whatever's going to excite you next. So thank you for tuning into the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we are turning dreamers into doers. We love you. Thanks for tuning in to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. We hope you found all the inspiration that you needed today and that you use it to take the next inspired action on your dreams. If you love the show, share it with a friend. We love spreading the love. For more information, to listen to more episodes, or to shop Hearts Unleashed, visit us at heartsunleashed.com. See you next time, hearts.